0: The information provided by Munro Partners is for educational purposes only and is not intended to include or constitute financial product advice. You should obtain independent advice from an Australian Financial Services Licensee before making any investment decision.
1: This is the Invest in the Journey podcast by Munro Partners and today we're kicking off our Areas of Interest series. The AOI series will be an ongoing collection of deep dive episodes focused on Monroe Partners' different areas of interest and investment themes. To talk about innovative health in this episode, I am joined by Jeremy Gibson, Partner, Portfolio Manager and Innovative Health Champion. Welcome back, Jeremy.
0: Thanks for having me again, Taylor.
1: Wonderful. Very excited to get this kicked off. First question, innovative health is such a broad term can you explain Munro's definition of what it means and how is this a structural change happening in our
0: world today? Sure. So, the way we, we think about innovative health is we think about three key drivers. The first one is ageing population. So, we all know about the baby boomers, um, those born in the years following World War II. They're now in the age range of 58 years old to 76 years old. And so, the demand for healthcare as you age increases. So just a, a quick start is that you're um, two and a half times more likely to have heart disease issues um, when you're over 65 than when you're an adult um, between 18 and 65. So okay. the demand does, does pick up, unfortunately. Uh, second key driver is innovation. Um, those companies that are inventing new products to either cure or treat diseases, that's another area of growth. And then the final element to think about is the cost of healthcare. So um, the US healthcare system in particular is, is very expensive. Um, so 20% of GDP is spent on their healthcare. And so if we can find ways to reduce the cost of healthcare, that's going to be another interesting um, area to invest in.
1: We're very lucky here in Australia that it's not, not quite the same as that. Some of our AOIs have sub areas of interest. Does Innovative Health have any sub, um, sub AOIs and what are they?
0: Yeah. So the key sub areas of interest are life sciences, which includes things like biologics and um, bioprocessing. Um, so their names like Danaher and Thermo are, are in there. Uh, healthcare service providers, which is the names like Innovative, um, sorry United Health, which is one of the ones that are taking the cost out of the system. Um, then you've got med tech names such as Abbott Labs and Dexcom um, geonomics, uh, most of which are very innovative, um, spending a lot of R and D, but, um, as a result are unprofitable today. And then diagnostics, um, which Abbott and Danaher and Thermo also participate in.
1: And just to clarify, what does R and D stand for?
0: Yeah, sorry. There's a lot of acronyms in, in healthcare. R and D is research and development.
1: You mentioned biologics. Can you maybe explain that in layman's terms?
0: So yeah biologics, if you think about biologics is you think about um, cell culture media or living organisms that are then purified and processed and and you end up with a it's a very complex process to to do this, um, but you end up with a, a a drug that is going to be much more much higher efficacy and and lower side effects that really targets the um, the, the disease that's going after.
1: And why do you think that this is the right area to be looking in?
0: So, because of this high efficacy and lower side effects, they are taking share from traditional drugs. Um, as a reminder, traditional drugs are processed through chemical synthesis, so it's putting a lot of chemicals in together, following a process and, and um, synthesizing them to come out with your traditional product. But as a result, they've got um, less efficacy and higher side effects. So, biologics is taking share from uh, from traditional drugs.
1: And what about big pharma? Does Big Pharma play a part in the Innovative Health AOI?
0: So Big Pharma hasn't historically been a big focus for the team. Uh, That's largely due to the fact that they have tended to have such large existing drug programs that had patent cliffs in the future and that the new and innovative drugs that they came up with wouldn't move the needle in terms of adding growth for the business. Um, However, more recently we have been looking at Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk. Uh, They've got Potentially very exciting products in the area of weight loss. Uh, we all know obesity is quite a uh, problem, unfortunately, in today's society.
1: Almost like a pandemic in itself.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, moving on. Innovative health has had quite the evolution thanks to COVID. Can you talk us through the changes this AOI has been through pre and post pandemic?
0: Yeah, so the interesting thing um, was that we were invested in similar names pre-COVID, and... Um, they were benefiting from the structural growth of biologics. Um, So that's names like Danaher and Thermo Fisher. Um, But during the pandemic, the growth actually accelerated in in these names as they were supplying the equipment and consumables to make the COVID vaccines. Um, They were effectively the the shovels in the gold rush. And they were also the companies that were quick to develop COVID tests. Uh, Post-COVID, the growth rates looked slower uh, due to the high base effect, but actual, actually the growth from an ex-COVID vaccine testing revenue perspective is actually faster than it was pre-pandemic for these names. So as a result, we're still invested here.
1: So what you're saying is even though these businesses look like growth has slowed, the core underlying business is still growing at a faster rate than what you projected pre-COVID.
0: Absolutely, you've got it.
1: You talk about the shovels in the boom, so to say. What is the advantage of investing in this area versus drugs themselves?
0: So uh, I'll take the, the COVID exa- example as a, um, as a good example here. So when COVID happened, uh, we were looking at you could either invest in who's going to come up with the, the COVID vaccine or you could invest in the companies that were supplying the equipment and consumables to make the vaccine. And so, for example, Danaher, their customer was Moderna, which is one of the successful vaccine makers, and Pfizer, one of the other successful vaccine makers, but they also supplied all the other companies that, that didn't fare so well. So they were, they were always going to win, um, whereas we didn't know which of the vaccine makers were going to, to be the winner. So it was, it was a fairly easy decision. We, we, we know which one's going to win. Uh, so we went with Danaher.
1: So let's talk a little bit more about Danaher. You are the stock champion, uh, and it's also a top holding for Innovative Health, How did you find this company and can you tell us a little bit more about uh, what they do?
0: Sure. So I first came, it was a bit of a strange one actually, I first came across this company um, before I joined Munro back in 2015. I met with a company in the UK called Helmer and they described their business model as being a mini Danaher. They were basically trying to replicate um, the sort of investment philosophy that Danaher has and so what I'm referring to there is they are a very decentralised organisation with many different operating companies. Um, they had the autonomy to invest in those in the businesses um, and were focused on being number one or two player in niche markets that, that made uh, mission-critical products. Um, and so what Danaher does, their, their core life sciences business, is, um, is basically the bioprocessing, so that biological process that I described before, they're making the, um, that the products to, to produce those biologics drugs, both the equipment and the consumables, so it's a very high-recurring revenue business. Uh, but they've also got a diagnostics business, um, which they benefited through COVID, but they've also got non-COVID tests as well that are growing strongly. And then they've got a smaller environmental um, business as well.
1: So what specifically did you like about it when you came across Danaher?
0: Sure. Well, I like that um, investment philosophy that they had um, where they are trying to basically grow the business rather than by taking costs out and growing your margins uh, and profits that way. When they buy a business or, or the businesses that, that they currently have, they increase the R&D spend and grow their gross margins via higher prices for newer, newer and more innovative products. And that just seemed like a more sustainable um, investment philosophy. And then the end markets they are exposed to um, – but it's a nice combination of good structural growth as well as being uh, very resilient in an economic downturn.
1: So, all of these companies and this area of interest, it's had a very interesting last few years. Um, maybe forward looking, can you provide a bit of a long term outlook of where you think innovative health could evolve to?
0: Yeah, so the long term outlook um, for innovative health relates to probably cell and gene therapies um, and then genomics. That's kind of where modern medicine's trending to. Um, They're not that easy themes to play today, but ones that we're going to keep an eye out for in the future.
1: And recently, I have been rounding out the episodes asking, what is your favourite stock in the portfolio? Can you tell me what is your favourite stock in the Monroe universe?
0: To be honest, it's probably Danaher. and I've spoken a bit about that one today, but it just has that nice structural growth. It's a little bit different to some of the other areas that we're invested in. So it gives a a nice balance to the portfolio and it's uh, very resilient in a downturn.
1: Jeremy, thank you for helping me kick off the Areas of Interest series with Innovative Health.
0: Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, If you'd like to continue the journey and to learn more about Innovative Health or any of the other Monroe AOIs or even our investment process, head to our website at www.monroopartners.com.